Welcome to my Kvetch. So, what's going on over the past few days? We have another, uh, what are we going to call it, uh, military scam with the Atlantic article made up about Trump with four corroborating uh, anonymous witnesses, which by definition is non-corroborating. If you're not willing to say who you are, or the paper's not willing to say who you are, or the journalist is not willing to cite their resources, then that is, by definition, not corroborating. Corroboration means that you can go to the person, that anyone can go to the person or tweet or email, or another journalist or the government can access that person to corroborate it. But CNN and MSNBC saying we've corroborated it or we corroborate because we corroborate each other because we corroborate what the Atlanta didn't corroborate because it's not corroboratable does not work. Um, so there's that. Just another scandal being released now because they want to try and hurt Trump. It's not going to work. It's not going to work whatsoever. Um the, you know, that just speaks for itself. There's really not much more for me to say about that. It's just another, it's another lame attempt by the media and the demos and the leftists to try and, um, to try and uh, hurt Trump. It's not going to work. He's done more for the military than it's been done for the military, probably in, 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 I can't even remember, probably, probably in a hundred years, okay? He's uh, revamped the VA, gotten the, uh, the um, military health care where they, couldn't even access it prior. He's bringing troops home so they don't have to fight endless wars. Now, given there might be military people that are against that, because there are military people that that's what they do. They're in the military. They want to go to war, and maybe war is an addicting thing. Maybe the rush, the adrenaline, maybe even killing people. That's what they're trained to do. That's what they're good at. So coming back to the U.S. and having to adapt to a job, doing drywall or building a business or teaching or being a nurse or, um, you know, a variety of things, you know, is is working in a factory, uh, making food, whatever the case may be, maybe being a stay-at-home dad, all those things, especially with the, you know, ramifications of PTSD or an injury or, right, all those things. There, there are plenty of military that want to be at war. That's what they do. Um, and then there's also the contract jobs, which earn a lot of people, you know, a lot more money than they do when they're in the military. So, uh, and a lot more money than they can at those jobs that I just mentioned potentially. So I get that. And that is something that should be um, noted. But the article is, uh, is bogus. Now, the other thing I want to highlight and then transition to um, one last third thing is um, what's going on right now in Australia. And I don't really often even address many things happening abroad. I mean, I touch upon things about Israel here or there, um, but I haven't really needed to touch upon global politics or global incidences. Um, I think most recently I talked about Beirut because there's just so much happening in the U.S. that's just so crazy right now. And I'm going to bring this full circle back around. But um, the video that I saw of someone that I follow, not, not, not too closely. I mean, I, I follow on Twitter. I follow some videos, maybe on Facebook. Um, is is Avi Yamini, who is a journalist with um, with uh, Rebel News in Australia, and there was a planned um, protest against the lockdowns and against these extreme extreme 
uh, um, I don't know if there are laws being passed, but 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 basically the employment of the or the use and execution of the um, police forces to lock down people basically with a curfew. Uh, this is going on now for a few weeks. He was already reporting about it from his home and being like, "What the heck is going on here? Like China's completely taken over, or at least the you know Chinese virus or the Chinese." Infection is, is getting into people's heads, and the politicians are just uh, doing things that are just horrific. Um, Avi Yamini was, uh, was uh, taken into custody, arrested. Uh, he said, I'm press, I have a press pass. We're just reporting on the, on the there was going to be a protest. They already arrested the day before. Um, I don't know if she, I think she was the organizer of the protest, a pregnant woman in front of her kids. As police were then, you know, walking through her house, they didn't have a. They, I think they had a warrant, but I mean, just walking through her house, and then even her, her. I think her partner said, "Well, she'll just take it down. Why don't you give her a warning and say you can't post this?" And they were like, "No, no, no, too late for that." So she was arrested. I don't know what the conclusion of that was. Absolutely terrifying. Obviously, I mean, he was taken into custody. We don't know any details. I don't know if he was arrested, but he was certainly cuffed. And he kept saying, I'm press, I have a press pass, it's in my pocket, what are you doing? I'm just here to report on it. We, ha- we, we didn't do anything, we didn't, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't do anything, we're just reporting. Okay, but then, later in the night, sometime in the evening, it was dark, I, I think he may say in the video, but he's recording, and they show up to his house to check on him. And he's like, what are you doing? You can't show up at my house. Don't ever come back here. And then, and then when they're leaving, they say, we'll be back tomorrow. And before that, they tell him, you're on a list. What kind of thing is more frightening for someone to be told, especially a journalist, a journalist, a teacher, anyone in the civics, in the civic world, um, it could be an iron worker, it could be anyone who's, who's, who works for the good of society, let's say, right? Or a politician, right? Anyone, someone in the arts, okay? And you're being told for some reason you're on a list that they're going to come and check on you. What they do is they put them on a list because they're going to say that we think that you are leaving your house and not abiding by the lockdown. Maybe they go and report. Maybe because you think you're a rebel, right? Rebel news. Maybe because you don't agree with these, so you're going to go down to the store. You're going to travel more than... You can't travel more than five kilometers from your house, which is, like, ridiculous. And then you have to have special permission uh, from an employer. And, I mean, it's, it's like... Some of the things that they're doing over there is is quite insane. Um, so that is frightening, and um, that circles me back to the U.S., which is I've been kind of fearing for a while now the mobs coming down my street and trying to, you know, set my place afire. I, there's nothing that stands out about where I live. It's a small little place, but just for the heck of it, right? They're just destructive murderous, rampaging rapists. That's what they want. They want to just, you know, kill people, burn people, uh, burn down businesses, burn down homes. And, you know, seeing the footage, together with what I saw about happening to Avi Yamini, and then seeing Rochester last night, where you had these Black Lives Matter Antifa people coming along um to a place where people were eating outside, finally probably feeling like, oh my God, we can get outside, let's go to a cafe, let's have coffee, let's have dinner. And literally, people are just getting up and basically scrambling to get away because they're fearful of the violence that might be perpetrated on them with, forget about if there's repercussion, forget about if someone gets arrested, forget about if someone actually gets sentenced to a jail term. If you get sliced or cut or shanked 
or a skateboard to your face or head, you could be irrevocably damaged, right? Like, I mean, people don't realize what we're talking about here, the force we're talking about. And if it's multiple people, if you try and fight back or you try and uh, speak back, I mean, multiple people could jump on you. And, you know, for the most part, unless you're a seriously skilled um, um, fighter or Bruce Lee or like a Navy SEAL Rangers level person, there's not many people, and even then, but there's not many people that can take on multiple people at one time, especially multiple people that may have weapons. A bat, a shank, a, 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 you know, a, like a police baton, an extendable baton, right? Once you have multiple angles and multiple um, uh, forces coming at you, it's very hard to uh, defend against, especially if you don't have someone, at least other people there with you to to take on that onslaught. And and people who have been in fights and people who are trained know that. And that's why they don't engage when there's a mob. Um, so even three or four people, yes, we see the examples of like cops, three or four cops trying to take on one person and they can't get them down. Just like, right, with Blake. Okay, that, those are exceptional circumstances. Those are also people that are not using in the immediate the requisite force they need to. Okay. Here you're talking about people that are not using a taser, which has a something like a 60% fail. Uh, sorry, a uh, I think like a 40% fail rate. Okay, they're going to use boards with nails on the end. They're going to use skateboards. They're going to use real objects that will maim or kill you. So most people are getting up. There's one big dude. I think he's a big black dude coming coming in this out semi outside area saying. You can't hear what he's saying, but it looks like he's saying, get up, this is over, party's over, you're done. Something to the effect that, and some people are sitting there like, what's going on? And then they realize that, like, this guy's just basically saying, you're done, you're done eating, and you can't be here anymore. And this is the fear and intimidation that uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the demos, the leftists are trying to inculcate in society. And it's not going to be wiped away so quickly, because even if Trump wins, he's not omniscient, and he's not able to have... The, the requisite, let's say, law enforcement or, or, or solution for these kind of gangs. That's, that's there. They're gangs of people that can just at any point pop up and terrorize people. And um, it's, it's, it, again, it has part of its basings in Sharia and communism and fascism. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm fearful that like the time may be coming sooner that several things could be happening. People are going to frame people for crimes to try and get them put away. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll even do something as, as, as benign, and it is benign, as saying, that person just called me a racial epithet. In some places, that can get you cuffed and arrested. That could get law enforcement mad at you. That could get um, you charged with a hate crime where you do time or you do more time than saying... You know, if you just call someone, you know, uh, let's say like a, a, a bad word, but then you put a racial epithet in front of it, right? Calling someone a bad word, you know, yes, these days it's microaggression, aggression, violence, you know, saying something is violence, silence is violence. But I have a feeling that there's going to start to be false accusations. Again, we saw, I think it was a year ago, a gamer called uh, called in a 911 call uh, on, a, on a fellow gamer what they said, I don't know, but a SWAT team showed up and wound up uh, opening fire on that gamer and killing them. You're going to have situations like that where they're using the police against their own citizens 
with the police unknowingly, right? They'll say, oh, there's, a, there's someone holding a kid, right? There's someone uh, that's trafficking children. There's someone that's abusing someone. So they'll have some kind of impetus to come through your door. And you're not going to know what's going on, most likely. If you're awake, great. So now you have some people, like, maybe there's a no-knock. What are you going to do? What if you're sleeping? You get up, you get your rifle, your shotgun, your handgun, and you start shooting. Then they have impetus and reason to shoot you, just like, right, the Breonna Taylor case. She wasn't shooting, but her boyfriend shot back because it was a no-knock raid. So now what? Like, that's what I think is coming, as well as Antifa and BLM and the left using other tactics. Now, what happens at at some point when the Leos start to, um, like they've been doing in New York and all around the country, um... Not, I won't say advocating, but they are advocating, but they are um, um, executing on these directives from mayors and governors. Some of them have been maybe passed into law by legislatures. Many of them were just like executive order or, you know, executive decision that um, there can be no worship. Okay? There can be no worship. You can't go to church. You can't go to synagogue. You can't go to your, 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 um, your uh, place of worship, your mosque. Whatever it is, you can't go. I, I'm surprised that at this point there have not been... Um, um, bands of people that have said we are going to worship we are going to band together we're going to put armed people out front they know the risk and if the Leos want to challenge them then they will and it'll be that'll be the shot heard around the world that hasn't happened yet so at what point do people say no we're going to do this and at what point do the do the like we're going to do this meaning we're going to stand our ground and we're going to uh, worship I, I for me I'm not understanding how it's gone so long. I mean, I, I didn't think it would go more than, you know, after, after like the third extension of this lockdown, of, of, these, of the lockdowns that were not allowing people to worship, I didn't understand what's, 1A is 1A for a reason, right? I mean, that's, that's the thing that we couldn't do in the 1700s was we couldn't speak our minds. There were scribes, there were, there were, there were um, what do you call it, uh, um, I'm forgetting the word right now. There were people who would go to the town hall or go to town and start saying things against the government. And they were taken into custody. They were arrested. They were killed by the king's troops, by the king's men. And then we decided, no, we should be able to speak out against the king. He's doing things that, why are we paying taxes to go back to England? We need to build here. And so... Um, the fact that, the, that these law enforcement have not said my obligation and my oath is to the people of this country, this town, this city, and to the Constitution. And these are not constitutional. You can't stop people from worshiping. No matter what's going on, typhus, typhoid, black plague, whatever's going on, right? You can encourage the people, hey, we got black plague, we got Ebola, we got, like, we really need you to stay home or you're going to get some horrible disease and die and spread it to your to your sheep, to your parishioners. You don't want to do that. And people agreed. And people agreed three weeks. They agreed six weeks. They agreed 12 weeks. They agreed 15 weeks. They agreed 18 weeks. They agreed for, you know, five, you know, four months. And and even that was too long. But telling people who are taking measures, right, most people were willing to take measures, wear masks, sanitize things, distance, not have as many people have multiple, um, let's say multiple, uh, Sessions of worship instead of just one, so that um, so that it was uh, you know more conducive to to social distancing. But what's what's going to happen at this point when um, 
they want to intrude upon my home or they want to shut me down on Twitter or they say you posted something that was illegal and they want to come and take me away or they want to take my guns away or they want to take, you know, they want to take more of my freedoms. Uh, you know, it's, I, I don't have a, a uh, place of worship now to go and defend. And even if I did locally, the, the one I can think of, there would be no question that the, um, the leader there would not be in favor of having armed uh, participants to uh, push away the local or even, uh, you know, state or federal forces. I don't, I don't think federal forces would be coming in, but to push in local city or state forces that would come to say you have to shut down, right? So I don't, I don't think that that would, that would, um, that would be something that would be encouraged by any any place that I'm around here. I'm just surprised we haven't seen even a dozen, you know, churches or places of worship that have said, we are going to have our mass and we do not want bloodshed, but we are, this is our right. This is in the constitution. So I am a little bit getting more and more fearful that, um, that we're, 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 things have been so flipped and, and, and it seems like such a short time. I know that on the surface, it's like a pimple, right? Like a pimple when it, when it's on, when it finally becomes like, you know, like a whitehead or a pus or something that you want to um, give it air, it's already been below the surface for so long, or a volcano. Right? A volcano doesn't just suddenly, it, it, it suddenly explodes, but that's been brewing there for years, years, thousands of years, eons, and the same thing's happening here. All this that's been going on has been going on for decades, and it's infiltrated our schools and infiltrated every strata of society. The fear I have is, if the hordes or the mobs come and they mean me serious harm, maiming, rape, or death, and God forbid they get to a point where they're going to try and burn me alive in my place, or they're going to try and enter my place, and I have to take evasive or deadly action to protect my body and my property, the courts, the DA, the Leos, the prosecutor, the judge, and the jury may all be stacked against me. It's no longer like the common man has the protections that are really coded in the law. Either they've been decoded or, or recoded, and the sentiment is not what it used to be, that we are in this together, and my fellow man, black, white, yellow, red, Latino, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, whatever, whatever you are, Hindu, Okay, Punjab, like you know, Native American, like that—that—that's that—that's exactly the point. That's what the commies do: is they break us all down into these striations against each other, and then they have us eat each other. They will eat each other also, but they will come out on top because they're going to have us destroy each other, which we weren't meant to do. Like we're we're meant to be the melting pot. We're meant to be unity in our diversity, and so I'm also scared that the Leos are gonna are gonna become like the Gestapo. They're going to become like we are entitled. We are part of the elitist. Better to be in the middle. You know, better to be, they're not really the elitist, but like better to be part of the police force than be one of the peon regular folk who have no rights. Better to be armed and be able to use their gun without any consequence because that's what we're moving towards. Even though people are saying defund the cops and we don't want this and we don't want that, they're going to be replaced with their own, with their own security and their own police force. And, you know, so if I get that knock on the door, or I get a demand to come to my door with armed Leo standing there, 
you know, demanding something of me, like, you know, it's like, at what point does, do I have to just stand my ground and fight and that's the end? And it's, it's, it's becoming, when I see what's happening in Australia to someone like Avi Yamini, that means that they could come to my, my door, at, not the Australian police, obviously, but the same thing could happen here. You're on a list. Why am I on a list? Well, you know, because it's not that hard. We think like, oh, it's it, it would be so hard. There's so many people. Yeah, but like the people that that they would go after first are the outspoken people to shut us up. Once you shut those people up, then a lot of other people will wither and die. Wither and die. They won't they won't speak up anymore because they want to live. They have kids. They have this. They they want to live. So think about it. In a country of 330 million people. If you have one to two million people who you're tracking and you're watching what they say and what they post and who they are and who they align with and, you know, um, their politics and their opinions, it's not that hard to eradicate one to two million people and, 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 and for the world barely to notice and for the United States to barely notice. Obviously, it would be noticeable, but one to two million people? Think about how big this land is. You got four or five major cities in the United States, let's say five, six, seven major cities. You got New York, you got Miami, you got Dallas, you got uh, Chicago, you got LA, uh, let's say Seattle. I'm, I'm thinking geographically also. Then you got in the middle of the country, what, you got a city like, you know, maybe Kansas City or St. Louis. You know, I mean, you know, it, it, so you got seven, eight cities. You're talking about, what is that? That's 100,000 people per city that are disappeared. And people don't understand the history. I mean, it's like, I don't think people realize that entire cities in communist Russia, in a night, in a few hours, cities of 100,000 people in maybe 48 hours, troops would roll in, people would be taken out, and that city would go from, let's say, 80,000, 100,000 people down to 30,000 people. And those people would never be heard from again. Either they'd be killed, they'd be brought to Siberia for slave labor camps, or we don't know. We don't really know what their end was. There's no tombstone with an epithet or, or you know, really, um, maybe there's records, but nothing that, nothing that the Western world knows and that's going to be shared with us anytime soon. Similarly, the Nazis, but the Nazis were a little bit different about it. So, um, and they weren't, I, I don't really know of a case where there were cities of 100,000 people that suddenly forces came in and within hours or days, the city was like, I mean, like a ghost town. Like, can you imagine being in a city with 100,000 people and then hours or days later, the city has 30,000 people? Like what that would feel like? Like the despondency, like the unknown, like the are they coming back? Like you have nothing to fight them with. You have snowball, snowballs and maybe a wrench, right? So, uh, you know, it's uh, I just I, I don't really think that that will be the end here. But I do think that things like Rochester, where you have this big guy walking through and telling people you're done, you're done here. Again, exactly what he was saying, I don't know. I'm, I'm basing it upon body language. And then the people sitting there, like their first reaction was like, oh, what's going on here? And just kind of like watching and listening and then realizing like it took them a minute or two to be like, we got to get out of here. Like he's really going to like either unload on us or it's going to be a number of people that are going to unload on us. And um, 
that's just haunting. It's frightening. And, you know, you may be, I don't know about the laws in Rochester, New York in particular, but like, you know, like, it doesn't really matter at that point if you have your firearm with you and if, even if you have, you know, extra mags on you. It's like, what are you really going to do? Like, in that situation, unless you have your buddies with you, what are you going to do? I mean, at that point, if you start taking action, you have to realize that when you're out of ammo, there's two things. You're going to get torn to bits with whoever you're with. Maybe it's you're with your wife or your family, your kids or your friends. Even your, even your friends may not support your actions. You know, like let's say there's, you know, you get taken into custody and there's a trial. They could even, don't, don't put it past. They could testify against you. Don't, don't think twice that like, unless you really, really know them and really, really know that they're there for you. But if it's more of a casual acquaintance or a neighbor or someone down the block, don't assume that you know that someone's going to be there for you. Because I, that's why I don't go to a place of worship is because I felt that if I go to that place of worship, conceal carry. And I mean, anything ever happens because I didn't have his permission and he was not in favor. I mean, I knew he wasn't in favor and he wouldn't speak to me about it. I would never assume that I would have his support if, God forbid, a situation arose. And you don't even want any hesitation. Even if there's, like, something, right, like, you acted correctly, but you hit a bystander, right? And you don't want any doubt. You still want someone to be there for you saying, you know, he made the right decision. It had to happen. We were under threat. You don't want someone saying, especially the head of your congregation or your, or you know, your your faith leader saying, he shouldn't have done that. Like, and you never know in the situation tactically. You know, yeah, I mean, mistakes get made, but you know, you may save lives and you may make a mistake, and that's what happens. But you don't want someone who who's going to cast doubt, uh, especially if they're going to testify. The other part of that is um, you may face you may face trial, right? Like, I mean, sometimes. Leo's come, cops come, they interview you, they realize this was self-defense, this is good, okay, you can go home. You don't even get, you don't even get booked, you don't get arrested, because you have to have a reason to be arrested. What happens if the Leos are like, you just killed seven people who are coming at you? Yeah, I killed seven people with, yeah, ten shots, whatever, it doesn't really matter the number of shots you take, but like, yeah, they were all threatening me. And they look at it as, you know, you're, you're a murderer and a massacre, you know, massacre. You don't know how they're going to, like... They're on. They're between a rock and a hard place too. I'm not. I'm not absolving them of their, of their obligations and their duties. Like I said before, but they're you know politically between a mayor and a governor uh, between a rock and a hard place. They may be under pressure to um, not not cause a further conflagration of this BLM Antifa hordes and mobs and masses. Um, they don't want to be targeted and doxxed themselves. So there's a lot going on there that I I understand. I don't condone you know, going against the people in the Constitution, but in this case, all they're doing is really just arresting and then, um, you know, making the initial the initial charge. Um, I mean, that can be as simple as, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, it wouldn't be possession of a firearm as long as you're legally possessing the firearm, but they could find something, right? It's not that hard to bring you in, or they could just say we're bringing you in for questioning, you know, you're not being arrested. But, so it, it just gets complicated. And so I'm thinking here in the U.S., I really thought that this was also going to be a 12-minute um, session, but obviously I'm going longer. Um, I, I just feel like... Um, I just feel like we're entering really dangerous territory, and I feel like no matter what happens November 3rd, obviously a lot of people are saying it's going to get worse. There's some mobbing and hoarding and looting and rioting. 
but uh, and I do, but I think that's not going. It's also not going to go away, like it's going to be here for a while, and that is haunting. It's frightening. It's dangerous. It's life threatening. It's murderous, and it's unacceptable in America. And this is the Sharia that I thought. This is the kind of thing I thought. After 9-11, I thought buses would be blowing up every day, pizza shops imploding, delis on fire, and, you know, suicide bombers. Now, that never happened. This is of a different nature. It's actually a little bit, just, it's just as ominous, maybe even more ominous, because after a bus blows up, that's usually it, right? Like, like maybe there's a second bomb, or a second attacker, or someone does a car ramming, Okay, um, there's stuff going on against Jews in New York now. There was actually a car ramming I saw on video just the other night, and then there was a moped that pulled up to a Jew, I think, in Williamsburg and took shots at him. I don't know what... I, all I saw was the video. I didn't see any report, so I don't know... And he he runs away. I, I mean, I assume he gets hit because literally the moped pulls up like inches from the guy and, and, and takes shot at him. So if he, if he didn't get hit, the guy is a horrible shot, he certainly could have lived. It depends the caliber and where they hit him. Uh, if he did get hit, and and no one's reporting any, no one's reporting it. It's like it's like it didn't even happen. The pogroms are definitely coming to New York. There's no question about that in my mind. But um, I um, I'm fearful. It doesn't mean that I'm going to cower or kneel to anyone. But I am fearful, and I feel that um, the reality of being in a potentially deadly situation and having to discharge a firearm and possibly paying the ultimate price for it um, is getting more and more real. And I feel that for many people, including someone like me, um, prison is really not going to be the best option. Um, like being taken into custody is not the best option. So um, it's just, it's, it's foreboding, but I, I, I'm a student of history and I've seen this kind of thing before. I've taught history before. And it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely frightening that, um, I, I, wa I want to say it's being allowed to happen, but I'm not really sure how it can be stopped. Like I said, you know, Trump or the, the patriots are not omniscient. It might require patriot um, patrols, uh, different people patrolling neighborhoods. The problem with that is they can be ambushed, especially if there's a larger crowd, but it might just require some patriots putting their lives on the line um, to to do this, and unfortunately, it's going to wind up with um, with bloodshed and with uh, with people dying. Not the most upbeat session. Uh, we're at thirty minutes, and uh, obviously, I I've been going way over over the past few weeks. I do want to try and get it back down to ten minute sessions. Maybe I should just do them in three parts. So I am sticking to my initial. Uh, uh, protocol or my initial design. However, um, let's uh, let me revisit that. In the meantime, be safe. Um, carry your weapon because better to better to take an evil person with you than not have it at all. And um, I wish everyone the best. I hope for better times. I hope for a better session. It is called my kvetch, but. Um, uh, some of the things that we're seeing are, are, are just not okay. We're, we're humans. We're free people. We don't belong with um, any, any kind of organization or person on our neck. That's where we are in 2020 is that we have 
evolved to a place that we understand what freedom is. We're still learning. We still can get more freer and more and have more liberty. Um, but this is uh, and certainly what the Torah affirms for us. Um, but some of the things we're seeing are, are quite uh, quite scary. Okay, thanks for listening. All the best.